Good morning. My name is Jackie Minoster and I'm the children's pastor here on staff at Beach Point. Thank you for joining us on this cozy morning in your very own home or whichever home you're in, which quite possibly feels a little chaotic with the post-Christmas aftermath. If you hosted guests this Christmas, you know what chaos is. In my house post-Christmas, generally it looks like this, a mess. My kids have a pile of toys in the living room and I don't know what's going to fit in their rooms that already have a giant pile of toy right in the middle of them. My kitchen is filled with dishes and I don't have the energy to clean them after splitting my Christmas four different ways. My trash can is overflowing with regular trash and Christmas trash and the garbage schedule is all thrown off because of the holiday schedule. And our bathroom, which usually houses four people, has now been open and ready to use to 15 different people, one of which is a three-year-old who has yet to learn how to wipe on his own. Laundry is definitely sitting in my washer and dryer and quite possibly, if you're me, you might have rewashed the same load three times because you forgot and then remembered and then forgot and then remembered again. Also, the lack of sleep and come down of the excitement has my kids and me acting a little bit crazy, and my home totally reflects that the week after Christmas. Chances are, if you were a guest in someone's house, you're probably high-fiving yourself right now that that mess is in someone else's house and that you can relax at home in peace and quiet of your everyday life. Our homes are a dwelling place. It's a space of personal reflection, a direct reflection of the amount of busyness and activities that we've been up to the last month. It's a reflection of the amount of witness you've experienced with those who are your family and your friends. In fact, it's the idea of witness that drove you to host your people in the first place or drove you to attend at someone else's house. The idea of being with people, those that we love, is one of the things that Christmas is centered around. And inviting others into our home or being invited into another person's home is a tradition for so many of us, which is so fitting seeing that we celebrate all this Christmas season that God was coming to make his home amongst us. God's desire has always been to make a home with us. Even from the very beginning of humans, when God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden where they could be themselves, God's desire was to make a home among us. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God and dwelled with God in the garden. And in this garden that God made, God was free to be with his creation and they were free to be with him. He told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and to bring other humans into this relationship, this space where people and God could be at home together. Until Adam and Eve chose a different life, they chose their own way, and they were sent out of the garden to live life in their own stubbornness. Even though the very first people and all people who followed chose their own way, God still desired to make a home with us, to call people into a better life, into a life with him. God continued to meet with people in amazing and wonderful ways. He was a guest in dreams and meetings at the altar through sending three mysterious visitors to Abraham and Sarah to tell them that they'd start a nation, to speaking through a burning bush to Moses on the mountain and guiding the people of Israel with a pillar of smoke and fire to safety and freedom from enslavement in Egypt. But God desired to meet with people in a new way, and he asked Moses to build a tabernacle, a place that God could dwell amongst his people, a place where a holy God could meet with his stubborn, stubborn people. But 
there were rules because the stubbornness of people had qualified all of them as sinners. So only a few of those who wanted to meet with God, who qualified to talk with God, would have to do ritual after ritual in order to enter into the tabernacle safely. In fact, the innermost part of the tabernacle called the Holy of Holies, where God's presence dwelled, could only be entered once a year by a priest who had followed all the rituals to a T. Only those who were invited in, who followed the rituals, could be a guest in the tabernacle. The sin of all people had separated us from a holy God, but that God still desired to make a way for his presence to dwell with us, to be with us. This ritual meeting of a limited amount of people at a time and a limited kind of people being guests in God's presence continued until God physically sent his presence to dwell among us until Jesus. Jesus came to make God's home with people in a new way. The moment that Jesus entered the world, everything changed and nothing would ever be the same in the very best possible way. Jesus's birth was God breaking through that wall that people had made, that we had created. He was entering into a new life with us, a life where God could walk and live and breathe and talk in a completely human and completely God form amongst his people. Jesus's life was the embodiment of God with us, of God making his home with his people again. Jesus's entire life was spent with people eating together, talking together, walking together, doing life together. He healed those around him physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. God and people were dwelling together once again. And then Jesus offered himself up as a sacrifice for all people as he took a punishment he didn't deserve and died a painful death so that sin would not and could not keep those who wanted to do life with God from dwelling with him ever again. So... The week after Christmas, how are you feeling? Are you feeling this wonder of God with us, that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to earth to be God with us? Or are you experiencing the letdown, the chaos, the exhaustion, the mess? After Jesus faced the cross and was buried, his followers were disappointed. They were so upset because the God who was with them was now buried and dead, until he wasn't. He came back to life again, God with us always, and appeared to his followers. He told them he'd be leaving them to make a home for them in heaven, but that he'd send a helper, his presence to be with them in a new way, a way in which his love would never depart from them, and that they'd be able to dwell intimately here on earth and forever in heaven. The aftermath of Jesus leaving earth felt confusing and heartbreaking at first, but those who heard his words began to understand by what he left behind, a way for God to dwell intimately in our hearts forever. Jesus went to prepare a place for us and sent himself again to us in the most intimate way, his spirit that guides us and lives inside of us, God with us. During the entire month of December, we've been exploring this idea of come home that God came to earth to make a home and that his desire now and forever is for us to dwell in this home together. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17 say, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. 
God desires to dwell in your heart, to make your heart and your life his home. The Holy Spirit was sent to make our hearts Christ's home, to move Jesus beyond a guest we're hosting, someone that we were able to meet with in limited ways, to becoming a member of our family that lives with us, talks with us, enters into our mess, and guides us every day of our lives. It's God's invitation to us to become members of his family. And it begins with us opening the door of our hearts. There's this illustration from a sermon by a guy named Robert Munger in which he explains how our hearts can become Christ's home. So imagine that you invite Jesus to come stay at your house and he was a guest in your home this Christmas. You wanna host Jesus just like so many of us have hosted our families or have been hosted over the month. So you open your door of your heart and you let Jesus in. You give him the grand tour and you show him your super clean living room, your sparkling kitchen, your vacuum bedrooms, and of course, where the bathroom is in case he needs to use it. You continue to allow Jesus into different areas of your heart home, your life, your heart. But time passes and Christmas day comes and passes and suddenly it's a mess. Just like the area of post-holiday mess that is currently more than likely in your home, Jesus eventually recognizes a smell, a mess. You've been trying to hide it from him and it's coming from somewhere in your heart home. It's coming from a closet that's been unexplored and unseen until this moment. A smell so strong and so putrid that it can't be ignored or hidden any longer. Rather than shoving his way into the closet, Jesus makes it clear that he will never really be at home in your heart if you continue to hide and push him away from the broken, rotten, decaying parts of your life. He has no desire to share dwelling place with the rotten, dead, putrid items in your closet that seem to be out of sight and easy to hide, but just really aren't. Just like how in this post-Christmas mess, I'm assuming that you have no desire to share your kitchen with piles of plates, leftovers from Christmas, dinner and trash bags upon bags upon bags of wrapping paper, half-eaten pie and slightly squishy room temperature Brussels sprouts. The mess is so gross and disgusting and rotten that there is no way you can clean it up on your own. The only option you have here is to humble yourself, admit your fault, and ask for help. To hand over the keys to that locked closet and give permission to Jesus to walk into the closet and remove the smell, the dead, the rotten things left over from your old life. And they stink worse than those old room temperature squishy Brussels sprouts that I just talked about. With that permission, Jesus enters into that mess and cleans it out, sparkling brand new, better than it was before. Jesus, a guest in your home, has shown you a new and better way to live. And it doesn't and shouldn't stop there because his desire to live with you, to be near you, and to never leave. To continue to show you a better way, his way. In his sermon, Munger so perfectly says, Lord, you have been my guest and I have been trying to play host. From now on, you're going to be the owner and master of the house and I'm going to be the servant. God's desire is to move beyond being a guest in your heart, to dwell, to live, to be there with you. His desire is for you to pass over all that you've been striving for and all that you're striving to be and to dwell with him all the days of your life. God's plan from the very beginning was to make a home among and with his people, the people he sent his one and only son to rescue. 
God's desire is to make his home in your heart, to come in and explore and fill the depths of your mind, to align your heart with his and to give you his power as you strive to love him and love others. Now, there are parts of our home, of our heart that feel too damaged, too dark, too stinky, too rotten, too lived in, um, too broken to be inhabited by the spirit of the holy God. Areas of our heart that we'd rather hide and not explore or ever talk about. But Jesus came to enter in. There is no requirement, no prerequisites, no level of cleanliness that our hearts need to be in order for Jesus to enter. If you want to know the reality of God and the personal presence of Jesus Christ at the innermost part of your being, simply open wide the door to give over the title, the keys, the ownership of our lives to God, this God who cares so deeply for our well-being, who created us out of his deep love for us and who saw us broken, lost, and separated from him and made a plan to rescue us. There is no part of your heart of your home that God does not want access to, no part of your heart that will scare him away. Open wide the door and let him in to settle in, not as a guest, but as a host, as the owner and the king of your heart. The end of January 2020, I gave birth to my second born son. And two short months later, we watched as the world completely shut down due to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Postpartum with a new baby was hard enough, but adding in the lack of help, the worry of getting sick, the unknown, and constantly being home uh, began to slowly illuminate and intensify a stinky hallway closet that was hidden in my heart home. Inside that closet, I had housed months, if not years, of an anxiety disorder in which I hid from my friends, from my family, and I regularly denied its existence to Jesus and to myself. When work got overwhelming, I told myself I was just stressed. When I didn't know how to talk with my family, I'd avoid them and I'd find something more lighthearted to do. My anxious closet in my heart home masqueraded as perfection and hyper-focused to detail and throwing myself into work and projects to distract myself from feelings. The smell and rot in my anxious closet only continued to grow worse as the pandemic raged on and postpartum isolation continued. My anxiety began to get worse and it coupled itself with a panic disorder. It affected my sleep, eating, living, the smell intensified so much that it began to waft into every room of my heart home to affect every single area of my life. I couldn't ignore it any longer. It began to consume me. There was no way that I could get rid of it myself. I was completely powerless and felt defeated. And in the quiet of one night where I was awake, feeling like I was slowly slipping away, slowly dying, slowly being suffocated. I acknowledged to God and to myself that I had a problem. I had a hallway closet in my heart that was filled with panic and anxiety, and I had been hiding it. And I needed God to enter in and help me because there was no way I could do anything about it myself. I opened the door and I asked him to come in to be God with me in a new and fresh and relevant way, to enter into my anxiety and give me wisdom on what to do next because I honestly had no clue. 
I was open and I was honest with Alex and with my family about where I was at, that God was beginning to do a work in me, but that I needed their help. They kept me accountable to getting connected with a therapist and a psychiatrist so that I could find more resources to help me cope and live with anxiety while the work was being done by God to clean out the rot and cobwebs of this anxiety closet that I had denied and denied and tried to hide. I began to take medication to help aid the panic and to see a therapist once a week to help me learn tangible skills to cope with my anxiety while I leaned so heavily on the promise that God was with me and that he would never leave me. I opened wide the door on my anxiety and God faithfully entered in. And behind him, he brought a whole crew of people and resources ready for me to grasp, to learn that God's way is better, that the life he gives, he gives so abundantly. Nothing was instantly better, but the slow and rhythmic walk of God with me has breathed new life into areas that I had once kept in the dark, kept in secret from him and from others. But it all started with opening wide the door, of asking Jesus to step into my reality and make his home in my heart. So what does opening wide the door of your heart and asking Jesus to enter look like to you? In what areas do you need Jesus to dwell with you, not as a guest in your home, but as a valued member who wants to enter into life with you? Maybe it looks like repentance, to recognize that you've been stubborn and doing things in your own way, to acknowledge that God's way is better, that he calls you to life with him. Maybe it looks like acknowledging that Jesus is king and turning over the keys to the locked areas of your heart and life and giving him permission to enter in. Maybe it looks like taking steps to reconcile not only with him but with others, those that have hurt you or who have been hurt by you. Or maybe it looks like asking for a renewed mind and a renewed heart, for God to enter in and dwell amongst your hopes and your desires. And quite possibly, it could mean to you what it meant to me, inviting God to enter into your mess and asking the real people that he has placed in your life for help, and then taking action steps to trust and follow God into that help. If you want to know the reality of God, the personal presence of Jesus Christ at the innermost part of your being, simply open wide the door. God's desire from the beginning has been to be with us, to make his home amongst us, to dwell with us as more than a guest in our lives. His desire is to be with you, to enter into your heart and live there and show you his way of life, one that is so full, without lack and never ends. In what ways do you need to give God permission to be God with you, to let him enter into your mess and your darkness? In a moment, we're going to move into a time of communion, a time that we recognize the depths of God's desire to be with us, that he sent his one and only son to make a home amongst us and to face death on a cross and punishment for our sin. But it's also a time to remember that Christ desires to dwell in our hearts and to acknowledge the ways in which he's invited us to be part of his family. It's a moment for you right in your very own home to talk with those around you about how God wants to move from being a guest to dwelling in your home as a permanent residence, a family member, there to guide you through life and show you a better way. 
It's time for you to commune with God, to meet with him and acknowledge his deep love for you. A time to invite him to dwell in your hearts with your family. God's calling out to you to open wide the door, to let him enter in and to acknowledge that he is Lord and to thank him for making his home amongst people. If you're ready to take communion this morning, remember the words from Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many of the forgiveness of sins. All of this was done that we might come to know this God who desires to make his home in our hearts. Take this time with those around you in your home to acknowledge where God is knocking, asking you to swing wide the door of your heart and inviting you to recognize him as the Lord of your life. May Christ settle down and be at home as the Lord of your heart.